As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. This is Michael Saka. And I'm Joelle Steiniger. Today we talked with Ali O'Connell, the Director of Marketing for Bellhops. Michael, what'd you think? This was awesome to hear about how they've 5X their revenue in this from last year um, in an on-demand economy, hiring only college students to go in and move. Um, so there was a lot of great lessons about what they've done to grow and the channels that really worked for them. Uh, what'd you think? Yeah, and it was really fun to hear her talk about something that's so um, unpleasant as moving and how they try and make it a much better experience for people and how much that really helps them with word of mouth, which is really the driving force behind their growth. So uh, really interesting interview. Wistia is a video hosting platform built specifically for business. If you're using video as a part of your marketing strategy, you need to be able to measure its impact. 
Wistia is helping over 175,000 businesses do just that with premium video hosting, lead generation tools, and in-depth video analytics. For more about Wistia, visit wistia.com forward slash rocket ship. Cool. So Ali, tell us about Bellhops. Sure. Um, Bellhops is a two-sided marketplace that connects able-bodied professional college students with people in their area that are looking for extra muscle for lifting help and moving help for um, to load and unload, unload, unload trucks or storage units or move furniture around their homes. Very cool. So what um, I, I understand you only hire college students. Um, why, why was that decision made? Yeah, so the company actually was started on college campuses um, to serve college students with other college students is kind of historically how we ended up on campuses. But we found that um, it's a perfect, flexible job if you're a college student. So we have, you know, a job board. You can schedule it around your, you know, sports schedule, final schedule classes, and really have the ability to have a higher paying college job than you would normally have with the flexibility that allows you to focus on your studies. And then we're also allowed to, um, you know, we're able to maintain a really high caliber workforce because college students are, you know, getting educated, they're motivated, they're working towards their goals. And that really shows in the, in the workforce and how they interact with our customers. So when you take on a new market, uh, a new city, what does that activation look like for you guys? How, how do you feed the marketplace on both sides? So we start off with finding a representative on campus, um, often in intramural sports or some kind of sports teams that has a good in with the campus community with athletic students. Um, we appoint that person to be a campus director. So that's really where we start in, in making sure there's interest on campus and students that are able and willing and excited about Bell Apps. Um, and then we move into some local advertising, which is mostly um, on the ground, sometimes offering deals specifically in a market to, to get awareness out. Very cool. And then what does it, um, how, how are you getting the initial customers? Are you using like paid advertising? Is it word of mouth? Um, what does that look like in the new market? Certainly. Um, word of mouth and referrals is our biggest source of, um, of growth in the market. And we've actually seen once we get um, enough traction, even have you know, five or more people booking bell apps on a weekly basis, the word of mouth piece kicks in and, and we see a lot of consistent growth in the market. Okay, cool, cool. Um, and then what does the average engagement look like um, for these? Do you have repeat customers or are these like one-time engagements for a couple hundred dollars? Yeah, so um, we've actually noticed people using bellhops a lot more. Um, moving, obviously, for renters happens maybe once every year, once every other year especially. But um, people are booking bellhops even within a month or two of moving. You know, they get all their furniture settled in, they decide they want the couch upstairs instead of downstairs. Um, so people are rebooking us um, more and more frequently for just heavy lifting chores around the house. Okay, very. So it's not just moving anymore. It's it's more like um, anything that that people may need help with. Exactly, and especially um, you know, for me, I'm actually in our target target demographic, and it's fun being the director of marketing and being in that in the demographic because I can get bellhops to come to my house for things that you know I don't want to call you know, my brother to come do like moving a closet around for me from Ikea or putting something together. Um, so, I mean, if you're, when you're a young professional and you're living by yourself, it's really nice to be able to have an on-demand platform for someone to come and help you hang pictures or do anything around the house. And even though um, most of our awareness starts with the huge problem, which is moving, 
You have 75% of Americans that move every year, do it themselves. They might get a rental truck, but all the heavy lifting and packing is all by themselves. So once people understand that we can help them with that pretty huge problem, then they we kind of kind of coach them in other ways to use bellhops, or they come up with it themselves um, to do other heavy lifting chores that you just can't do by yourself. So what do you provide um, the college students that are working for you? Do they have like trucks and things like that to use, or is that up to the person who's booking them to get like their own U-Haul? Yeah, How does that this, work? At this point, we only provide the labor. So if you're going to rent a U-Haul, we'd encourage you to get um, you know a dolly, um, moving straps, or um, you know moving blankets that you can rent from U-Haul. So we don't provide supplies, but we do encourage bellhops if they have a toolbox to bring it along in case there's something they can help do, like assemble furniture, hang a picture. Very cool. And then do you see, um, with college students, do you see a lot of turnover in people who are willing to work? Is it kind of like a constant um, churning of people through the system? Yeah. um, I can't remember the stats right off the top of my head. Um, I'm happy to send you some, but the majority of our moves are done, I believe, by 60% of our bellhops that are very engaged. So um, there's, or maybe I'm in I'll have to get back to you on the statistics, but, um, yeah, so most of our jobs are done by bellhops that do 10 or more jobs in a school year. Um, so these are really engaged bellhops. They provide a high quality of service and they review each other on the platform. So every time you do a move with another bellhop, you get a peer review as well as a review from the customer on things like punctuality, um, effort, and moving ability. Um, so we, we see more success and we invest a lot in having people that are consistent bellhops. Um, that being said, you know, being a startup, some markets have a lot more demand than others. And, and the challenge is on one side, making sure that there's enough work in a new market to keep bellhops engaged so they know they can depend on us for a steady source of income. And on the other side, where we have markets that are just blowing up, we need to make sure that we're creating new bellhops all the time so we can fulfill demand. Right. Well, and you mentioned when we were talking earlier that you guys have had uh, 5% growth year over year. Um, and I'm curious where that's coming from. Are you guys doing things on and around campus or is it more like out in the communities? Yeah, so it's 5x growth. So we have 500% growth. Um, the efforts that, that we've been, we've really just ramped up a lot of unpaid. So most, um, we pay very, we do very little digital advertising at this point. Um, about 20% of our moves are either word of mouth or repeat bookings. Um, we do a lot with social. Currently, we have a promotion going on. We're moving anyone 65 and over for free on August 21st for Senior Citizens Day. So nice. trying to, yeah, so it's really taking care of people that don't have the ability to lift heavy things around their house or maybe reorganize their garage um, just to kind of expand um, knowledge about the other things ball apps can do. So things like that get a lot of attention. We do, um, when we were 128 cities, so we do a lot of work on the ground to make sure that local media outlets know about us, that um, you know we're engaging on campuses. A lot of it's, um, yeah, just, just kind of being on the ground, hustling, doing a lot of PR, keeping up with social media, and, and offering different deals and things that um, let the community know that we're there. What's been the most effective channel to get into that kind of 65 plus um, demographic for a customer? Yeah. So um, we've been looking at different platforms. We do a lot of um, anywhere where we can get rated or reviewed is really great for us. We're definitely a customer service company. So while we do really well on Yelp, um, we're leading into other outlets like Angie's List so that the senior demographic can um, 
can find us. And, you know, definitely like the daily news shows on TV has been a big outlet for that as well as print. So how do you get into like a TV outlet? Um, How do you deliver that story? And um, I I guess kind of come up with those stories that are engaging enough for a local TV outlet. Yeah. So it's actually really interesting. And I've learned a lot going through the process. Um, You know, we have a team of two that are doing a lot of our, our national and local PR and um, they really work on a daily basis to come up with things that are newsworthy. But in the end, someone might write about something that has nothing to do with the angle that you're pitching. So um, like just saying, Hey, we're here. We exist in your market is often not enough to get a news story, but we'll do things like, okay, back to school. We're going to do a discount for teachers because that's, you know, what the narrative is right now is back to school, or we're going to talk about um, being the best college job ever for students and really promoting bellhops. Um, so we did that. So, so people will get kind of consistent messaging from us that is relevant to what they're writing about. And then as you kind of build relationships with press and local press, especially in each market, you know, if they're maybe it doesn't fit with their schedule to write about teachers this month, but in the next month they see we're doing something for people 65 and over and they feel like that really hits their, um, their audience and they'll write about that. And I guess what's the motivate like these campaigns, right? Like, so if you do a 65 plus campaign, but it doesn't hit on the, on the local news, is that a concern for you guys? Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely, we, it's definitely, it's a lot like other digital marketing, you know, you have to, to throw something out there and see if it hits. And we keep track of what we do in PR similarly to what we keep track of. Um, if we were doing like to see if SEO is working or a social media campaign, you know, you can check open rates. You can see if there's actual interest from, um, from different media outlets and different kinds of media outlets. So, um, we do throw a little bit of data in there to see what kinds of, um, campaigns are successful. And it's fine if we throw something out there that doesn't hit. Um, it's just kind of a, a way for us to learn. But the Senior Citizens Campaign has been really successful. Um, we just launched that this week. Um, and so, and because we, we're doing it across all of our markets, I mean, if we don't hit all 128 markets, we still get the message out. Even in a quarter or half, it's great because we get awareness in all of those markets. Right, right. No, that makes sense. Um, what's been one of the biggest challenges on the marketing side for, for uh, Bellhops? Yeah, I would say definitely awareness. Um, we've seen that we put a lot of manpower. Um, we have our call centers in house. Um, we have a group of people that just try and figure out why someone's moving and, um, come up with a way to make their experience unique. So once we get a customer, we keep them and they generally will refer us, review us and do a really good job helping us share. So the biggest challenge for us is getting that first user, um, brand awareness. So that's, I think why we've leaned into, um, to PR pretty heavily. Interesting. So you tried a couple different things and then PR was the channel that kind of worked for you guys? Yeah. PR, I think, is one of our our most successful. Um, And then kind of reaching out to our customers to improve the experience. And, um, you know, through we've been trying different referral programs. I think we'll we'll kind of figure out which one works best for us. But people are super willing to share with their friends, um, share discounts with their friends. Um, Things that didn't work for us, actually, were paid advertising weren't as effective as we thought they would be. Um, so it kind of gave us the opportunity to, to open up different areas and see, you know, what else we wanted to try. We tried everything. We've done, you know, direct mail in different cities, um, you know, definitely working with the street team, just being present in different events. And yeah, it's kind of a combination of things. And really every market is different based on population and how they consume media. So when you're going into these new markets, if you're going into a community that has like one big school, um, 
obviously there's not a big decision to be made. You go to that school and, and work with the community. But what about larger cities where maybe there's three or four large universities in different communities? What kind of indicators do you look for to decide like where to start? Um, for example, if you were going to LA, would you pick USC or UCLA to, to test with? Yeah, so um, now we're at UCLA. I mean, LA is actually a really interesting market for us because it's so big. Um, and they have, they are so many local moving companies. You know, moving is a very local service. So when you go into a market, you're competing with that market. I mean, the people don't necessarily look nationally to find a moving service. Um, so going into a larger market like LA or Boston, for example, we open the opportunity up to like all of the area colleges. Um, so we, you know, have bellhops from, from Harvard or MIT or, um, you know, local colleges around Boston, just kind of like, like we do in, in LA and some other California cities. So we, we open up the opportunity to as many campuses as possible because we're going to need the, the flexibility of the workforce to support a market with a population as big as like LA or Boston. So I guess the answer is, you know, we, we would open it up to all local, local universities. At once. Interesting. I, yeah. So, um, what is that, uh, I guess, what is the, the kind of, um, what do you focus on first? Do you go for the PR or the students when you, when you activate a new market? Students first. Students first. So you grab the students and you say the work is going to come and then, and then you go out and, and do the PR pushes to actually get the projects coming in. Yep. Even there's, even if there's as much as, you know, five or 10 engaged student bell hops, that's enough for us to start doing jobs and get the system kind of working. Very cool. Uh, yeah, and we can use them. I mean, even things as basic as flyering can be helpful to get our first jobs going. How um, how close do you guys compete with some of the other kind of on-demand economy, um, like uh, like food delivery and uh, and handy? Is that are they are are they a complementary service or are they a comp- competitor of yours? Um, I would say definitely complimentary. I just had a conversation with a really cool startup based in Austin um, this week called Lawn Starter. And um, it was really refreshing to hear about how they're using a similar two-sided marketplace for, for lawn care, which we don't do. And so trying to figure out how we can, can work with companies like that. Um, Handy obviously like has very specialized services like you know plumbers. Um, you know That's not what we're offering. We're really focusing on, on lifting. Um, yeah, so I, I think that, and we're not doing food delivery either. I mean, I think that's really niche. I think it's important to not to try to be everything to everyone. Yeah. I think that, you know, we we have a very small percent of market share probably at this point of, of Americans that move. Um, and, yeah, I think that there's plenty of room for, for on-demand, um, more niche products. What's your take on the kind of explosion of this uh you know, of, of the on-demand economy where, you know, you, there's, uh, you know, you have college students just going into people's homes and, and helping. Um, wh- why do you think that is, has been such an explosion lately? Um, and obviously with your 5X growth, people are really responding to this like we've never seen before. Yeah. I mean, I think the explosion is that um, you can take some very unsexy problems like moving um, or taxis like for Uber right. and you can make it very, very easy to use. You can make it fun. You can make it a very human to human experience using technology. I think that, um, you know, having a technology enabled platform for a logistical problem, um, doesn't necessarily mean taking the humanity out of the problem. So, um, you know, we try and, and 
for example, before a bellhop goes to someone's house, we send photos of the bellhops with their majors, their school years, so they've got something to talk about when they show up and they're in your home. And, you know, moving can be a really emotional thing. You're going through all of your stuff. You're leaving behind one place for another. There's normally some life event associated with moving. So, um, yeah, I think it's just a, you know who's coming to your house. We're able to connect you with local students that are working really hard. Um, and just the experience of moving with this type of platform is so much more convenient and on your schedule. Um, I think that's really what's making on-demand products boom right now. Like you no longer have to call four different people and, and have all these unknown factors of are they going to show up in a five-hour time window and who are these people that are come to your house and move all of your things. Like now you have some ability to, to, to see social proof, you know, to have great customer service, um, things that weren't necessarily provided before in, in some of these logistics markets. What's one of the biggest requests you guys get? Uh, biggest requests we get? I think that um, we get a lot of questions, I think, when people call because we're not – moving help um, isn't necessarily what you look for when you're online. You're looking for movers or a moving company, like you expect full service, um, or you expect to do it by yourself. And so since we're kind of in between those two things um, – People, you know, just want to know like what to expect. So that's a big challenge of ours to to set that up. And do you find a lot of people still want that full service experience, or um, when they find out that you guys are somewhere in the middle, is it kind of like a refreshing uh, response from them? Yeah. So we've had really a really great response. I think, um, especially when you care, compare pricing, if you're going to have a full service mover or a van line move you, it's going to be several thousand dollars. And our price point is around a couple hundred dollars. So um, normally the people that are booking us wouldn't get a van line because it's cost prohibitive. And, and, or they live in a small home or apartment where it's just not necessary. They don't have that much stuff to move. Mm-hmm. So it's generally welcome. You know, they can control who, you know, how they want the move to go. They, they know, you know, or am I going to use a pod or a UPAC or a U-Haul? Um, so, yeah, so we give them a lot of flexibility. And we've seen a lot of great feedback because of the price point and the quality of workforce. Now, have you guys been affected at all by the California rulings on on the labor laws affecting this uh, this kind of style of hiring people? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's definitely like high in, in conversation about you know are these are in in the on demand workforce in the ten ninety nine workforce like when should they be considered um, employees? And that's something that that we're addressing and looking at. You know, at this point, we definitely have contractors, but there are benefits to making those people employees. So. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of pro and con, and as the company evolves and what makes sense for us um, is what we'll do. And ultimately, we, our goal is to have the best bellhop experience ever. We have a goal as a company to be the best college job you can have. So if that makes sense for us to, to make them contractors and, and keep them contractors, that's great. And if for some reason we, we feel like we'd rather move into um, employees at some point in the future, we could do that. Um, but at this point, they're definitely contractors. You know, they're not required to to work in these specific hours or wear a specific uniform. Um, so yeah, I think it's something that we're paying attention to and, and are going to continue to evaluate as time moves on. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. It's all new territory. So it's, uh, it's fascinating to hear it from the inside. Um, so tell us, where can we keep up with you and where can we, we, we hire a bellhop uh, online? Yeah, you can check us out at getbellhops.com. Um, we're also on social media at Get Bellhops, and we're happy to answer any questions. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And be sure to check out our app discount section where we have discounts on products that we use every day, like Woo Themes, Wistia, Treehouse. Go to rocketship.fm forward slash essentials and get your discounts today. Remember me Oh Do you remember me Oh Leave me quietly Cause you don't say When you go Oh Don't lie to me Cause you know I travel slow mm, There's no silver Or gold When you're left on your own Oh, better move like the wind Cause you told me so But you know that I travel slow Slow I lost my mind in a day Oh, but I couldn't wait And if I see you again Know I got something to say Oh, do you remember me? Oh, do you remember me? Oh, leave me quietly Cause you don't say when you go Oh, don't lie to me Cause you know I travel slow Oh, and there's no silver or gold When you're left on your own Oh, better move like the wind Cause you told me so Oh, you know that I travel slow Oh, you know that I travel slow, slow. Oh, leave me quietly, cause you don't say when you go. Oh, gonna lie to me. You know that I travel slow Oh, there's no silver or gold When you're left on your own Better move like the wind Cause you told me so Oh, leave me quietly Cause you don't say when you go Oh